Welcome to the Geek Teak Podcast, where it's E3 time. There are three E's. There are. Do you know what they stand for? Uh, is it Electronics and Entertainment Expo? Uh, close enough. I'll give it to you. It's not right. I can't remember. That's, I, I can't mean, remember that's what, what gonna, it was. It's Electronic Entertainment Expo, but ah. close enough. Um, today we're going to talk about that, but there's a lot. I have a lot of notes. <laughs> so I think we're going to actually do uh, Geekery first, because you have a couple things, and I don't want to like overshadow it with like... Like I'm, this was my geekery for the week. Like watching the E3 <laughs> yeah. press conferences and just following them. That's what I did with a lot of my week, and it was fun. Like I have fun doing it. Um, we're not gonna do a point by point everything from every conference because I could do that, and based on the notes I have, it would probably take six or eight hours. Like I could fill yeah. up that space. I wish you would. Like I really, truly wish you would just sit down in front of a microphone and just talk about E3 for eight hours. That would be that would make me so happy. That's not the hard part. The hard part is editing it and posting it and all of the things that happen after. Oh, just just put it up. Do a live stream of it. Uh, no, no. So we're not doing that. Um, we're gonna do <laughs> highlights only. And I tried to highlight things that like i'm interested in and then i try to pull right. out a couple things that i know you would be interested in too even if you haven't seen the announcements yet um but because there's all that and that's all my geekery uh, i wanted to put yours up first so what did you do this week well basically my wife found uh the the toys that made us documentary series on netflix have you seen it yeah yeah i watched it's a couple of them i think the star wars one was super interesting and then the other ones didn't sit they didn't hook me as much just because i didn't play with the other toys as much okay. that they featured but it was a an interesting look at them in general i guess and that's what it is for me and it's all of these toys like i played with so many of the things on here and then i also love that kind of behind the scenes how this stuff got made and so just even learning about how transformers got to got to be in america because i didn't know it came from japan i had no idea that transformers was a mishmash of a bunch of different japanese toys and just things like that and i don't even like transformers i didn't like them when i was a kid but i was all in on that episode the same for he-man and i've still got to watch the barbie one uh and the gi joe one and something else uh but my wife has seen more of them than i have and they're just great and i wanted to recommend those that that series to people because i'd kind of put it off i wasn't ever really in the mood i was like i've seen a couple of toy documentaries i'm not in the mood for it but there's so much fun to watch that for me i had the opposite reaction of you even though I, even if I didn't play with them or really get involved with it at all, I love learning about it. Like I'm just, I, I love that industry and watching every one of them has made me and Jennifer both be, I wish I'd gone into toy making and like, that's something that, that nothing has ever done before. So it's really good. I really liked it. Started playing Pokemon Go again. Uh, we'll go into some of this during the, the E3 stuff, uh, just because they announced that, uh, the Pokemon from you can import Pokemon from Pokemon Go into Pokemon Let's Go Eevee or Pikachu, and so I'm uh, I started going out and trying to up my collection for that uh, because I live half a block away from a gym and a Pokestop either way. So it's like okay, I'll I'll go there. And yeah, I mean that we much. might as well talk about it really quick because it was announced before E3, and then the yeah. only new real information that came out for it was um, a little bit more information about the the Pokeball Plus, which is right. like it functions as not a Joy-Con but like a controller that you can sync with your Switch, and it has like the the button on the Pokeball is actually an analog stick yeah. too. 
and you can click it in. So you can use that to control the entire game if you want. And then you can also move Pokemon from the, the Let's Go game into your Pokeball and take them with you out and about. I don't know if it gives you any benefits or if it's just like a fun thing to do. It was kind of um, not really fleshed out with the explanation but either yeah. way they said that if you buy one of those pokeball pluses you get a mew inside of it that comes into your game so it's like yep. you can buy you know a legendary pokemon basically and they sold so many pokeballs just with that that i know i was texting austin about it today when they said that it came with mew and he was like well now i have to buy a friggin pokeball and i didn't even want it and it's like that's how they're selling it that those that people will be like i don't really need that but you put a mew in it it's like okay that that sold and even for me and i don't play it that much and i wouldn't really get a lot of use out of like but mew would be really great i could really use that in the game so we'll see if i end up doing the same thing and uh then i've been playing tales of hearts uh, Tales of Hearts R for Vita. I can't remember if I was playing this uh, when we recorded last week or not. I'm about halfway through it. It's really, really good. And it's uh, much less serious. It's almost like a fairy tale version of a story of an RPG. And it's it's in that same tale series as Tales of the Abyss. And I decided that I was going to play this one because it's really ranked up really high on it. And so I'm 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 loving this. I'm so glad that I got back into the tale series that, that I'm really, really enjoying them because I haven't played them in years and years and forgot that I'd played them at all, actually, until you and I talked about it. But I also downloaded the Bravely Second demo, and I'd never done it, but I noticed it was a special demo. And I'm loving, I love special demos on Nintendo systems because they give you a piece of content that's not part of the main game. So I noticed that the Bravely Second one was a completely separate story from the game. So I downloaded it, absolutely adored the art direction, especially when it's in 3D, realized it looked a lot like Octopath Traveler because it's being made by a lot of the same people and decided that Bravely Default was going to be my next game. Uh, so the s- demo for the second game got me to buy the first one because it's really similar to a game that's coming out next month. That's funny. But it worked. Yep. It worked on you, it so whatever. It did. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, I, I guess before we jump into E3, you mentioned like the Tales of games. So one of yeah. the announcements that came out of it was Tales of Vesperia is being yes. remastered. And I don't think it's like remade. It, it really looked like a remaster for modern consoles. Yeah. How do you feel about that one? Because that's one I had that, highlighted down below. That is the number one thing I'm excited about this year. That of everything at E3, that one makes me the most excited because I've been looking for other Tales games because there are so many of them that have been released in the United States on kind of a low-key basis because they're not terribly popular here like they are in Japan. In Japan, it's basically them a fairly good third place between uh, after Final Fantasy because there's Dragon Quest uh, Final Fantasy and the Tales series in Japan really in terms of best-selling RPGs. And... In America, it's not anywhere near near that. So a lot of them were released really, like I said, low-key on the PSP or PS3 as remakes. And Vesperia got released only on the 360 in the United States, near the end of its life cycle. So that is the only way that in North America you were, to, you were able to play this. And it is pretty much unanimously said to be the best of all of the series. That it, it pretty much takes everything that's good in any of the rest of them and refines it and just makes it better. So I'm, I was already looking to find someone who had a 360 I could borrow just to play this game when I got around to... Uh, 
to grabbing a copy of it cheap uh, because I don't have a 360 anymore because it red ringed. And so I, when I saw this, that I don't remember if it was you or Austin that texted me about this whenever they first announced it, that it it made my day when it was coming to Switch that uh, at the Microsoft press conference, I think it was you, because you texted me about this during the Microsoft press conference and said they said that they were bringing that one back to the Xbox One and then the video showed that it was for the Switch and PS4 as well later this year. And that's what I'm the most excited for, to finally be able to easily play what is the best of one of my new favorite series on my favorite console. It, that in particular made the made all of E3 fine for me. Cool. No, that's good. Yeah. I thought that you were feeling that way. I just thought yep. I'd put it out there for the listeners to hear. Absolutely um, adore it. And it's interesting you said that with the Microsoft conference because I think that it was probably the best put together conference out of all of them. Um, yeah. There were a lot of ups and downs, highs and lows. Some of them were just not good conferences, even if they had good games in them. But Microsoft had like 50 games on their stage over the course of like an hour and 45 minutes. And like there have been other years where you could tell PlayStation went all out to get all of the like partners to sign up or, you know, they, they paid money or cross promotion, whatever yep. they ended up doing so that they would have the most games on their stage, whether or not it's exclusive or cross platform or whatever. And this year, Microsoft did that. So even though most of the games that came out of that that I'm excited for are actually multi-platform um it was interesting to see that microsoft was the one that went for it this year which is odd to me and it shouldn't be odd to me but it's weird for me to see microsoft really come out of the gate kicking because they haven't done anything like that with marketing before this that it really feels like to me people who have the xbox are just the people who liked xbox before that they haven't really marketed toward a new demographic and then so they've just kind of played it safe on a lot of on a lot of levels and then all of a sudden on this one they cut just come out and they're like okay we're the ones who are going to own this year and just blow everybody else out of the water which they haven't done really since the xbox one's announcement yeah i mean it seems like Phil Spencer is like actually serious about getting good games for the system and exclusives. We'll talk about that here in a second when we get to yeah. the main topic. Um, before we do that, uh, this was basically my geekery. So I have a couple other things. I did some Gamefly. I did some Persona. I'll catch up on it next week. I want to get into E3. Um, but don't forget the network. Geekitude this week, they had a great discussion about like evolving your geekery and what that means oh, over man. time as you become more aware of like society and the implications of things. It was like one of my favorite episodes of that show ever, and it has generated some of the best discussion we've ever had as like a network of people and listeners and stuff. So I can't recommend that episode highly enough. And I've seen on our Slack on our Slack server uh, in the Geektitude channel, it has one of the most. It may have the most discussion over anything we've ever had on there in terms of an episode before. That I've had to put it on snooze while I was driving yesterday and came back to 142 new messages. It was it was crazy. Like, and we're still talking about it. I had to snooze it again before we recorded this because we were still talking about things from that episode that with listeners and uh, and casters and everything thing so uh so that's that's been awesome to have it in slack like that i don't yeah. check reddit so i don't know if it was there too no most of it's been in slack but you guys can go to slack at i don't know you're the one that says that link what's the link slack.geek2geekcast.com and this get an invite and join divide in divide these up so we can each keep them in our head um <laughs> the other true. thing uh tea time with katie and chelsea they talked about bad movies they love this week which is always a fun topic and then um the four job fiesta i just want to throw it out there one more time it's not exactly part of the network but a lot of people on the network are interested in it and people on the reddit and people on twitter 
Um, so it's the final week to pre-register. Not that it really means anything. You can always register after it started because it goes for like a month and a half. But if you want to hit the ground running on day one, uh, go check out the Forge Job Fiesta. You can play Final Fantasy V in a really cool format with me and a bunch of other listeners. With all that said, probably time for E3. Can I get into it? Yay! You're okay. going to get into it. I can't wait. Um, so... There were a couple catch-alls that were like leaks beforehand, so I think I would, let's just start there, and I'm probably going to go through conference by conference. I'm not going to hit every single thing. Like I said, I'm just pulling out highlights that I thought would be interesting for you and I to talk about or that I'm super right. excited about. And Okay, so, before we do this, okay, uh, we are going through all of these, but we're recording this on Tuesday where E3 is still going on. Are there any conferences that have not been held yet? No, the last conference was today. It was Nintendo's Direct. And then okay. N- Nintendo tends to, the last few years, they do their Treehouse stream all day for like every day that the E3 show floor is actually open. Yes. So I wouldn't be surprised if, just like the last couple of years, they announce a few more games over the course of the week, but there's no more official press conferences. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because I couldn't remember the schedule so that people would know as they're listening right now which one may get left out. So none yeah, of them. Yay. I am probably going to more lightly edit this episode than normal and try to get it out tonight. Awesome. Cool. Yes. Just because this is one of the few times a year where it's like uh, timeliness is is cool to get it out there for people. Um, so true. before it kicked off, uh, Hitman 2 leaked. And you guys remember how much I loved Hitman and like we did a whole episode on it. Um, Hitman 2 looks like more of the same, but in a good way. It's like a good sequel. <laughs> they added more stuff in. But I mean, it's what I want, right? It's systems. It's yes. new levels. It's new abilities and new uh items weapons interactions like all of that stuff it looks fun it looks funny in some ways too um it you know it got a release date november 13th of this year and it's not episodic so the whole thing's going to be there on day one which was interesting to see instead of going with the the season model that they did last time um but i'm probably gonna pre buy this game uh pre-order this game and there's like a free sniper like co-op mission thing that you can get i mean you looked at this you told me about it before i even got to read the article (laughs) yeah i don't even know what it is i just know that if you pre-buy it or i think it was pre-purchase it that you get a uh, a free co-op thing to do with it and i was like oh yeah this is going to be your game of the year anyway you might as well get all of the stuff that you want out of it yeah but it's actually like you get it right now like that sniper mission oh it is right now that's i thought it was but i wasn't sure no it's available so if you pre-order hitman 2 you get to download that immediately and play it as a game it's like a standalone one level but i mean whatever it's a free game like that's cool um okay ea was the first one that was up and it was not a good conference like they do not know how to present they feel so corporate they feel so awkward i'm not gonna linger on that um they talked about a lot of things like battlefield 5 sea of solitude command and conquer rivals which um there were other things too those are worth mentioning but the ones i want to talk about for you and i uh star wars well, and maybe this is a mini the, rant. They like they did a part of the press conference was just about Battlefront Two DLC, and yeah. like that's not how you get me excited about Star Wars games. Like they have the Mm-mm. exclusive license to this IP for video games. What are they doing with it? Cash boxes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but uh, they they came out and their main announcement for that was that they had stripped all of that out of the game because people had such a bad reaction to it, which we really? already knew. That wasn't new information. That happened like a month or two ago. Oh, I was. I've I've so lost like an idiot. I've stopped paying attention to anything with EA and well Battlefront two that I didn't even know that. Well, but the other Star Wars thing that happened was they went out into the crowd and they tried to make this like 
they tried to make it casual, but it was the most awkward thing. Like the the presenter just kind of like, hey, I bumped into this person in the crowd. And it was the lead. I don't know if he's the director, producer or whatever, but he's the lead for the new Star Wars game that Respawn is working on. And Respawn okay. is the people who used to be a long time ago, um, Infinity Ward, basically the people who made like the really good Call of Duties, like Call of Duty 2 and uh, uh, okay. Modern Warfare, the things like that. And then they spun off and they became Respawn Games, which has made the Titanfall games. So Respawn is the developer on the next Star Wars game. And he basically just announced and he was just like super casual he's like yeah the name of the next game is star wars jedi fallen order it's during between episode three and four and it's kind of a dark game it'll probably maybe be out a holiday next year that was it like there's no title card there's no logo there's no teaser trailer it was just a guy that she pretended to like bump into casually in the crowd that is so garbage and that's something i'm way more interested in that than any battlefront 2 dlc it's like i bought battlefront 2 lost interest in it and now i want to know about this jedi game and i'm still not even cautiously optimistic about it because it's ea yeah i just don't i'm not comfortable with ea that's the thing it's like i don't trust them enough to even get excited to give them my money well and i mean another thing is like bioware what they've done to bioware yeah. basically and the latest few bioware games have not been oh they've been very ea which is making me sad but i mean anthem anthem is the next bioware game and that was the other thing i really wanted to talk about from their showcase and okay. do you remember this one from last year i know i sent yeah. it to you but it's been a while i remember okay. you talking to me about this and then i saw a poster i think i don't think i saw the uh, trailer for it but i saw i saw a few images of this one Okay, it's like exosuits. They're they're almost like mini mechs that you wear. Um, yeah. But it's a sci-fi world. You know, it's like a squad-based combat. It looks like you can probably do it single player too. But I think the way I summarized it last year, which I still stand by, is it's what we thought Destiny was before we actually played Destiny. Yeah. Do you remember? Okay. Yep. So it's that, but it's a Bioware game. So they launched, they had another teaser trailer. They had a little bit of gameplay, like a good five minute demo. So there was a little like flying around. And then there were uh, a couple packs of enemies that they took on as a group. Um, they did a dev interview and it was kind of a really weird order. They did it. They did like the, the cinematic teaser. And then they just talked to the devs for like 15 minutes before they actually hmm. showed gameplay. They probably should have swapped those two around where they showed gameplay first and then talked about the game because so that they could have called back to the gameplay and been yeah. like, Hey, did you see this? Well, and everybody on my Twitter timeline was like, just show us the game, please. Because at that point they'd been talking about it for, you know, between the, the teaser and the actual interviews for like 20 minutes and they hadn't shown any gameplay yet. So it was just frustrating, but you know, it's, there's new details. So they want this to be a game where they can add story for years to come. So it's kind of that, you know, software as a service Mm -hmm. model that everybody wants to move to the infinity game that everyone's after. Um, But with that being said, I'm still excited for more single player Bioware stuff. And they also said that like the single player portion is in the city so there's like cities at least one Hmm. there might be more but there's one that they've announced and it's basically anytime you're out in the world you can run into other people you can instance with other people you can group up with people but whenever you go back to the city it's completely single player so everything you do can have an impact can matter can affect the city permanently you're not going to have some rando walk up and like mess up your version of your city and your NPCs that's eh for me right now is I'm so not in the mood to play online games and i guess it's because destiny 2 put more of a bad taste in my mouth about this kind of game that i'm really hesitant on anthem probably more now than i've i've been toward 
an online game like that in a long time. If it wasn't Bioware, I probably would be a lot more hesitant. I, I still am going to give them the benefit of the doubt because I really have liked Bioware games over the years. Yeah. If there's another one or two that aren't good, they're going to lose that goodwill from me. So, I mean, we'll see. But, like, it's an open world. It's multiplayer. It's PvE only. There's no PvP, and that actually makes me really happy, too. Um, there are four suits. They call them javelins, but it's, like, different classes. And there's, like, persistent things that you can carry from one to the other, so you can legitimately have a bunch of different build-outs over time. Okay. Um, and then... They announced it's coming out February 22nd, 2019. So it's not all that far away. That's like what, six months? Or no, yeah, nine months? Nine in there. Eight, yeah, ish. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not, that's really not that bad. I wasn't aware they gave a date on this one. I thought it was still up in the air. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm honestly still interested about it, but maybe a little bit less so after how like poorly this kind of showed off in the conference. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been hearing impressions from journalists that are there and it that makes it sound better than anything in the conference did, which is sad. But this is the state of EA conferences. So, yeah. I mean, this was a bad press conference, but on the other end of things, EA is good at making money, right? Like, of course, it doesn't really matter what they show here because no matter what, they're good at making money with the licenses they have, the deals they have set up, the yearly installments of the Maddens and like FIFAs of the world. I mean, out of all of the video game companies out there, if I were going to go buy stock in one, it would probably be EA. And I'm kind of thinking about it now that I've thought this through. Like, they are good at making money, even if they're not great at making games that I'm particularly interested in. Yeah, I mean, regardless of, you know, us complaining about them, they their games still sell. They get those initial numbers off of them, whether they have the residuals or not. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, Battlefront or Battlefield Battlefront. Yeah, Battlefront, the first one for Star Wars is the first new one is four dollars at places, but it still sold so much at the begin in the beginning to have been a success. Well, and like FIFA and Madden Ultimate Team and like they've figured out how to monetize their series mm -hmm. and do yearly installments like they know what they're doing, but like that's kind of it for the ea press conference so if we jump ahead to the microsoft one they announced a little bit more fallout 76 information like it's west virginia it's confirmed it's four times bigger than fallout 4 but it was really just a tease for the bethesda information so we'll save off right. talking about that one until a little bit here um but honestly like this is where the most kingdom hearts 3 information came out was right away yeah. with the microsoft conference um the main thing that I got out of it was all of the different worlds that are now confirmed, which has just kind of been hinted at before. So we know Frozen, Wreck-It Ralph, Monsters, Inc., Tangled, Hercules, Toy Story, uh, Pir Pirates of the Caribbean, and then you just wrote Big Hero 6, which I had forgotten about that one. And then there was something that was Ratatouille, but it was unclear if that was just a summon or if that was actually like a world did you ever see sure. the I, result of that i saw a lot of people talking about it being a world but that's all i've seen i haven't seen any of the others because all of their summons in this one are based on rides that all of the summons are their attractions in this game so uh, they're based on like uh, buzz lightyear's ride and space mountain and the electric parade uh and things like that so ratatouille remy wouldn't be a summon in this game well, they showed off a couple summons they have showed off a few of them that are characters I think Ariel was one of them, and they showed off uh, Simba summon. So it could be that. Okay, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I hadn't heard about that. I didn't. I actually haven't paid attention enough to see the Ariel and Simba summons. Well, like that's most of the info. Almost everything else was kind of like teasers for the story. So I mostly wanted to know. I mean, 
uh, from what I've seen, I will get this game and I will, I don't know if I'll beat it. I'll definitely try it. I'll play through it. I played through and beat the first two and enjoyed them at the time, but it's been like 10 years now. I want to know how you feel about this after having this trailer came out and then they did another version of the trailer at the Square Enix conference and then another version of it at another conference. It was kind of scattered <laughs> all over the place. Okay. But like, how do you feel about Kingdom Hearts 3 after all of these things came out? Okay. So yesterday was the Square Enix conference, right? Yes. Okay, so that's what I'm thinking of. So this morning, I woke up to text from Austin about Kingdom Hearts 3 and the Square Enix conference. So we're talking all morning, and he's a huge Kingdom Hearts fan as well. So we're basically going into a just huge just complaint session of everything that's wrong with Square Enix. And one of the things that I'm excited, I'm really excited for Kingdom Hearts 3. And... What makes me a little less excited the more I see it is that they're taking the battle system and they're they're making it more and more and more complicated until where right now it looks like it's Final Fantasy 15's battle system. Like, and I know Nomura is on it, and I know that they, they are are influenced by one another. The combat systems are, but I don't like Final Fantasy 15's combat. That is the weakest part of the game to me, and. I don't want Kingdom Hearts to have something that is not fun like like Final Fantasy XV's combat was. So I'm really hoping that they don't ruin that uh, that part of the game because I like the uh, the combat in other Kingdom Hearts games, especially Birth by Sleep and some of the later ones uh, with Dream Drop Distance and stuff. So I'm really hoping that, that that's made me cautiously optimistic about it just because of that, because of the way that they're they're kind of doing with uh, Namira on it as director that he uh with the they way just, that they need to get him happened. off projects they he did. is not good at directing projects for them no. and that's what Austin and I were talking about this morning is that what my hope is that Kingdom Hearts 3 is really awesome and it's great and we can love it as much as we love any of the others in the series even if we love it as uh, even if we don't love it as much as we did the old first ones whatever it is I'm hoping it's a good game but I'm not really thinking it's going to be exceptional because it feels almost like a 15 development hell kind of thing and at the same time, they need to get Namira off of there, and I'm hoping that things like Octopath Traveler and uh, that team and their people who are doing like Near Automata and uh, or Automata, I don't even know how to pronounce it to be completely honest, and all of their side teams that are making these fantastic games that people really, really enjoy that aren't the major flagship titles like Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy, I'm hoping that they actually take those people and move them into things like Kingdom Hearts, where we'll see real innovation in it as opposed to what they've done with kind of intermingling um, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts combat and kind of moving them back and forth to refine the other. But in terms of the worlds that we've got, I'm really excited for everything except for Pirates. And I know you sent me the message last night about Pirates of the Caribbean, and I hate it. Like, you're like, I didn't know you hated Pirates. And it's like, I straight up hate Pirates of the Caribbean because of where it is right now. Like, I liked the first movie, and I thought the the second movie was okay. And everything past that, to me, is complete garbage. And it's not even that that I don't like. 
even in Kingdom Hearts 2, I didn't like playing Pirates of the Caribbean. I was telling Jennifer just the other day before they even announced this that the only part of Kingdom Hearts 2 that I really didn't like was the Pirates part, and I'm glad that they didn't have that in any of the other games. In Disney Infinity, they had the Toy Box takeover. They had Pirates of the Caribbean in there, and guess what my least favorite part was? Because it's dark and it's ugly, and it's just not fun. And uh, I know you and I have also talked before that I don't like Pirates, which is one of the reasons that like Sea of Thieves or something didn't appeal to me but just i don't like it and that's the only part that i'm really dreading because once i saw the the trailer for that particular world it does not look fun to me like that's, that part that's okay. i dread getting through but yeah, i'm cautiously I mean, optimistic about the game that's good i mean it the trailers have convinced me to give it a real shot which nothing had really shown me enough to know that before right yeah. And there's one part of it that has made me really excited for because I want to see it. Uh, at the end of the main trailer, I think it was the new one that they did at the Xbox conference or the Microsoft conference, they uh, had Aqua as as an evil heartless as a shadow aqua uh and she was one of the main characters in birth by sleep and then the uh, transition fragmentary passage that they had in 2.8 and um she's evil and she has the evil xehanort eyes and i'm she's my favorite character in those she's fantastic and so i'm excited to see what they did to turn her evil like it's part of the story that i want to know what happened because all of the trailers have had these side characters that people don't know from the main trilogy or the main games but we're in all of the side games. And I'm really excited because I know now how they all tie together and who they are. So I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh, oh no. No, Aqua. Aqua has Xehanort eyes. And so I'm, I'm invested in that part of the story at least because I want to know what happened to my favorite character. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but we'll definitely talk about that when it actually comes out, which is supposedly next year. Supposedly, supposedly next January. I'm still mad that they delayed it from this year, but what are you going to do? Yeah, and I mean, one of the, I don't think this game is out on the date, but there were a ton of games that got the release date of February 22nd of 2019, which is just, mm. it's hilarious how many different games were given that. Like, I think people remembered, or they thought the last few years, like the the winter early months of the year have been pretty empty so like people could have theoretically released games and gotten a lot more traction but enough <laughs> so people everybody is have finally figured it out that yeah everybody's doing that which is just funny to me um i think one of the big stories out of the microsoft there were so much at the microsoft one like i said it was multi-platform stuff they had like battlefield 5 vignette stuff info about you know a couple different like battle royale modes for that too um there was the division announcement and you know it was given a date march 15th there's like shadow of the tomb raider they announced devil may cry 5 there's new cup held dlc there's like a, a cool tunic linky zelda game and jump force and dying light and just cause 4 and a couple different gears games they announced like there was a lot in here um, but i think one of the most interesting things was the studios that they announced they announced that they started a new microsoft studio called the initiative and then they acquired undead labs they acquired playground games they acquired ninja theory they acquired compulsion games and I think what they're doing here is, and this is what we talked about earlier with like Phil Spencer actually committing to getting games on the system, is that they are trying to get themselves into a good spot for the next Xbox, which is not have a name yet. Xbox Two sounds dumb, but it might. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that. Um, the rumor right now is that it's called Codename Scarlet, so we could huh. call it that in the meantime. But um, they also announced that they are working on the next Xbox, that it's in active development now. So to me, it looks like they are getting all of these studios lined up so that they will have tons of exclusives on day one or year one at least for right. whenever the next xbox comes out 
And I think and, that was one of the more interesting things about the Microsoft show. Um, they also announced kind of alongside that, that they want to spread Microsoft games to more platforms. So they said that they don't just want it on console. They want them on your PC and on your phone and on every device you have. So it sounds like Microsoft is trying to lean back into that streaming mode of games, which I still have never had work very well for me. But hey, people keep going back to the technology. Maybe one of these years they're going to crack it. Yeah, I mean, I haven't read much about the Game Pass thing, the fast start stuff. So that's like, I'm. Oh, yeah, that was I something like too. So, like, idea of that. The Game Pass announcement they did. Um, There's a fast start. There was some like machine learning BS that they talked about <laughs> for like starting your games faster. That part's not as interesting. But they announced so many more games that are coming like on release day to Xbox Game Pass. And then they also, on that day, like, during the press conference they said right now we are adding the division and elder scrolls online and fallout 4 to game pass immediately and then they did a game pass montage of like all of these games that are going to be coming to the system or are already there and it's just like they're focusing on that and trying to make it more appealing and i think one of these days one of these game passes is going to be appealing enough that i might actually bite on it um ea has their own version of it they announced an expansion of that too so that was another like kind of common thread through a couple of the different press conferences was expanding that games pass model yeah and i mean i know that playstation now has not necessarily been a success so this would be a really good place for xbox to succeed that i know i know zero people who have ever subscribed to whatever it is playstation now my brain stopped right then which is the same kind of program that they have for this that's the same kind of thing that that game pass is yeah but i mean it'll it'll be interesting to keep an eye on those going forward game passes Mm -hmm. and stuff um and then the i thought it was cool that they announced battle of toads even though there was no information there was just some voiceover but a new battle toads game coming next year i didn't see that that's awesome yeah so battle toads 2019 I don't know. We'll have to see what it's like. And then there's um, the the other huge thing that I'm super excited for is Cyberpunk 2077, which, again, yeah. it's not an Xbox exclusive, but I really liked The Witcher 3 after I kind of like I didn't crack the game, but I went into the console commands and I upped my level to max because I just wanted to experience the world. Um, but I played through enough of The Witcher 3 to be like, this team knows what they're doing. They know how to build a world. I'm just not super into this setting and this particular gameplay, but I would love to see them do another take on something else that's just a different setting. And Cyberpunk 2077 is that. Like, I've been waiting for this game from CD Projekt Red ever since I heard about it, and seeing it in action a little bit was I don't know. It just made me super hyped, basically. Oh, I'm so getting it that there is no way I'm not that one. I'm I'm stoked, especially after reading the hidden message that the, the director, the developers, I don't know who put it in there, but in their trailer, they put this hidden message. And apparently I need to watch the was it no clip that did the CD Projekt Red? Yeah, documentary? that's a really good documentary. I need to watch that one because I loved their message where they were like, yeah, we want you guys to enjoy games for a change. So uh, we're going to give you the deal. DLC for this for free. You're going to buy this game and you're going to like it and we're going to, you know, like that you play it. So I'm like, yeah, I want to give you my money, guys. Yeah, they did a lot of similar stuff for The Witcher 3. So it's not surprising, but it's nice to see them continuing that. Like, they really do give you a huge bang for your buck when you buy a game with them. That makes me really happy. That actually made me go look at The Witcher 3, uh, even though I'm not, uh, like, it's not on my docket to play yet i went and saw like looked at it more because i've heard too many good things about it uh i have 
every friend I have has played it and loved it, and I just haven't wanted to play that kind of game in a long time. But I'm I probably will now just based like I said, you know me. Once I like somebody who made something, I want to support them, and I'm like, I think I like these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if you try it out. Um, the next conference up was Bethesda. They announced a bunch of stuff, some of it that we kind of knew ahead of time. So like Rage Two, it's going to be out in spring. It looks like another Bethesda shooter. Um, for Prey, they're going to bring some new free modes of gameplay, and then there's a new DLC which sounds like it's out immediately like it's all already out you could get it right now it's called moon crash and adds a oh, bunch cool. of challenge modes um they announced the next wolfenstein it's called wolfenstein young blood so it's like the next generation that's going to be out next year sometime starring the twin daughters of the main character of the, the other one um you know they his gave... name is bj and i forgot yeah. until i saw stuff that i was like it said like bj's twins and i'm like uh, i saw something on twitter i was like i do not have twins that's austin and i was like oh wait nope bj blaskowitz okay i got yeah. you I mean, they they announced uh, another version of Fallout Shelter for a couple more systems. Um, they did some Skyrim jokes at their own expense, which was really, they were very well done. And one of them is out on Alexa right now. They made a version of Skyrim for Alexa, which is hilarious to commit to the bit that much. But the things I wanted to talk about, um, the Elder Scrolls Online, they had a guy come out, they talked about the community update. And then I started talking to my friends on Twitter and in Slack about it. And I don't know how all of the changes to this game snuck by me but it is not the game that got panned at launch it is like oh no it's great no i've heard now that i've actually like put my brain back into paying attention to it and something about this press conference just made me reach out and like ask my friends about it it sounds like a game that i could really be into so i'm not focusing so much here on the new announcements as like i should probably get back around to this game was my i have told you that well, yeah, but I so is everybody, and I kind good. of wrote it off as just another MMO, and yeah. it's, it's not, apparently. It, it's um, really not. That it's one of those that I bought. The, I haven't bought any of the expansions or anything for it, but just playing it, it's way better than it was at launch. That I hated it at launch, and I can I go back and play it now. Okay. That just here and there. I mean, it's a it's a good game now. I watch streams of this, for goodness sake, whenever I see somebody in Twitter have one up. Like, I don't do that. So it's like, oh, I want to see what's going on in Elder Scrolls Online right now. It's like, that's takes a good game to make me want to do that. Yeah. Um, Fallout 76 was up next, and Fallout 76 was... Uh, this is, like, probably one of the most interesting games of the show to me. Um, not E3 altogether, but of the Bethesda show. And I'm definitely interested in it. So there are improved graphics. Um, it actually looks, like, really great. It's four times bigger than Fallout 4. It's set in West Virginia. Um, it's multiplayer, but they said you can play it single player also. But uh, it's we have to get more information around that, I think, yeah. before we truly understand what it means. Um, there's a wide open world. They said there's no server that you'll ever see, and there'll only be, like, dozens of real people in one game, in one game world at a time, not hundreds or thousands. So it's not MMO. It's more uh, condensed, more like, you know, not quite squad based but smaller more focused even though it's a huge amount of space that there is um mm. the the vault tech videos they had with it were great i always love vault tech videos um one of the things about it being online and being this style of game i don't think there's any vats in it which was always one of the most interesting parts of fallout mm. um the whole vat system for combat so it's yeah. all real time because it has to be because it's an online game and, and that stinks because the I, what i've played of new vegas that was one of my favorite parts yeah vats is vats is cool i'll i'll miss it but i mean the 
they're probably developing Fallout 5 somewhere in the future. Like, it'll yeah, come back around. And, you know, they announced a couple other things. You can build wherever you want, and then you can pick it up and, like, move it to wherever you <laughs> want. So you can, you're not, like, locked in to a place like you were in Fallout 4. Um, there's a photo mode. There's a collector's edition map with glow in the dark, which was kind of <laughs> funny. Um, there's a beta coming soon, which is not typical for Fallout, but they really wanted to test it. So that's cool. Huh. And um, there are, <laughs> so they announced that. There are multiple nuclear weapon sites on the map that you can do whatever you want with. And they oh, are like my. active nukes, which doesn't really exist on a large scale in the Fallout games. I mean, there's like the what's it called? The little brother? I always forget what it's called. There's a like a rocket launcher uh. that's basically like mini nukes. That's kind of oh, funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, these are like actual nuclear warheads because this game takes place only like 20 years after the fall of all the bombs. So there's still some like active nukes out there. So they said that. because they're always such like a systems driven game they put some nuke sites out there you and your friends can find the activation codes and do whatever you want with them so you can nuke giant areas of fallout and then you can go into them and get a bunch of loot from it which is kind of funny and very interesting nice like that i don't know why that alone makes me more interested in it but it does yeah, and my brother basically said, I want to nuke stuff with you for peace. Like, it's <laughs> it's like it doesn't really fit, but it sounds perfect. Um, yep. And they announced it's out November of this year, which I love when they do that with Bethesda games. When yeah. they announce it, like, we only found out about this like a week ago when they let us know ahead of time. And it's already out this November, which is fantastic. Yeah. That's great. I didn't know that there was a release date on that one. I'd seen a lot of the other stuff on it, but somehow the release date just went past me. Yeah. Um, they also announced uh, the Elder Scrolls Blades, which they said they made it as an iPhone game first. Like when hmm. they started working on Fallout Shelter, this is the other game they started working on at the same time. Um, they said it's iPhone first, it's but it's a pure Elder Scrolls game. So they wanted to make a mobile experience, but like console quality graphics, console quality experience. Um, you could play it in portrait mode, which is something that I think a lot yeah. of mobile devs overlook. But that's yes. really, really cool. Like I, I appreciate whenever a dev gives me that ability. Me to okay cool and um there are a bunch of modes to it there's abyss which is like a roguelike there's uh, an arena 1v1 combat there's town which is a main mode where it's more like questing and like traditional elder scrolls and the setting is that you are a member of the blades like the top agents of the empire and you're basically trying to like rebuild a town after it had lost its grandeur or whatever um but they what they said which is this one's interesting they're bringing it to every system they can and they want all the systems to be cross-play connected with each other so it's coming for free this fall on iphone and ipad and then they said after that it's going to come to everything else they're like it's going to be on android it's going to be on all the phones all the tablets on pc on vr Hmm. on all the consoles so it's like they're dedicated to like putting this game out there for everybody even though it's like iphone and mobile first that's really cool yeah, I did so you not, can register. I, I did not see that. No, it was it was a surprising announcement, and you can register for like early access right now or uh, pre-order it, which is weird because it's free. But I guess you pre-order and then it just shows up on your iPad, downloads automatically, or your phone. Um, with that being said, then they went on to do a couple giant announcements that barely have any information. So they announced the Elder Scrolls Six officially, finally. Right. So they're working on it. It's going to come eventually. So if people were like disappointed by Blades, this was you know in there for them. Now, um, didn't they say that that was a next generation game instead of a they, current generation? That that'll be on the next Xbox or next PlayStation? No. It, I, if you listen to the exact language, they kind of hint at it, but they didn't say directly. Okay. I couldn't but, remember. I knew that somebody had said that, and I just hadn't hadn't seen or anything or heard anything about it. But that was just in my mind because of that. 
So the one that they did say is next gen and whether they mean like the step forward or the actual next generation of consoles is their new IP. So it's called Starfield. And Mm -hmm. this is the first new Bethesda Studios IP in 25 years. Like they've been spending such a long time with Fallout and uh, Elder Scrolls and all their other games. Like this is the first time they've done a true new IP in that long. It's crazy. What about like Rage and Dishonored? Those were so a lot of those games were acquisitions or other studios that work for them. This is like an actual Bethesda Studios Hmm. game. Okay, I didn't know that. Bethesda is a developer, but they're also a publisher. So this press conference is them as a publisher bringing all of their studios that they publish up to the stage. Okay. This IP announcement was actually them as a developer announcing the IP. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I got it. I didn't actually realize they worked as a publisher as well. Yeah, so a lot of the other games like Doom and Prey and like all of the other ones, Dishonored, those are all other studios under them, but those aren't actually like Bethesda studios. Okay. So next up was Square Enix, and I don't really want to talk about anything in there because it was pretty much a flop. You're highlighting the fact that Final Fantasy XIV has a Monster Hunter crossover. I guess yes. that's kind of interesting. But I it was want a- to know, I didn't watch it, so I know that we talked about it. You said it was a flop, and we've kind of covered everything well, that's that we have thing. to say about it. Like, everything in here was covered in one of the other press conferences, so there's really no point in talking about this one. But yeah, there there's a crossover event with Monster Hunter and Final Fantasy XIV, so we'll see what that Did looks like. Did they say any details about it? Because Not all I saw really. was just a little, like, teaser trailer with logos and an X. Yeah. And I was like, okay. There, there wasn't much. It, it was basically what I wrote down there. Like, there's And not... I'm sad. I'm sad they didn't announce anything about the Dragon Quest XI... Uh, the Dragon Quest Eleven Switch version. Uh, Austin had said that there was something in the conference that he had he had seen or read about uh, them saying it was going to be a year from uh, a year from the the release of the Japanese or beyond the American release of the PS4 to get the Switch version. And yeah, I didn't know I didn't see anything. Like, it makes me sad. They haven't announced anything yet. Like, they're holding off on any of that information for the moment. So yeah, there's rumors. Uh, he probably heard a rumor, something like yeah, that. Yeah, because I hadn't seen anything. It's like, I know they're doing it because their marketing manager said they were in a video that I was watching. And I love that. I'm glad it's coming. But it's like, I would wait two or three months to play it on the Switch. But I'm not waiting a year when I can just grab it for the PS4 right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, in September, but... Well, in September soon. So Ubisoft was next. They talked about uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 without any actual information. It was like pre-alpha gameplay, and it was another cinematic trailer. This game has been dragging out forever. Um, There's The Division 2, which had a cinematic trailer. It's set in Washington, D.C. If you're a fan of the first Division, it looks like there's a bunch in this game for you. Um, and then they kind of touched on their Mario plus Rabbids DK thing. They had a band <laughs> at the same time. I don't know why. And they talked about the, the Crew 2 beta is later this this year uh for honor is free right now so if you've ever wanted to get for honor you can go get it i think on pc for the next week for free and you get to keep it forever they're adding new modes in october and then they announced uh starlink battle for atlas it's gonna have some Star Fox content which is kind of funny that's that like toys to life game where you can attach things while it's on the controller from yeah. last year yeah so those are the quick hits um, the ones I wanted to dive into here are Skull and Bones and Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And Skull and Bones, I know you're not a fan because you don't like pirates, but they had a cinematic <laughs> trailer. Um, they said that Indian Ocean is the setting because the Caribbean's too full or they can't do pirating in the Caribbean anymore. It's too uh, civilized now. And it's 
but they announced more about the game structure. So it's a shared world where you have like other player encounters and there's also a lot of NPC encounters. So you can hunt other people or you can ally with them and fight against NPCs. Um, there was a cool gameplay trailer and like I was already pretty convinced that this game was going to be for me and it still looks like it's going to be for me. It's basically all of the good like pirate ship parts of Assassin's Creed Black Flag if they had been taken away from the Assassin's Creed game series and then just been worked on for years. Like that's what mm. this game is. You can tell by looking at it. So I'm definitely interested. It's out in 2019. Uh, we'll just have to wait until it gets closer to get an actual release date. Yeah, I mean that that one that you were you and I were talking about that one last year, right? That we yeah, were that, yep. that's the same one that we were same talking one. about. Okay. Same game. Yep. So it got pushed a little bit. I think that they were aiming for this year, but they announced that no, it'll be next year sometime. So that was one of the things is that it got bumped. Um, but Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So this one yeah, is... I've, been, I've been wondering about this one. I haven't even asked you because I wanted straight up uh, new information <laughs> on what your thought about so, it. It's set in Greece. It's um, during, and I'm not going to remember the name of the war because I'm bad at ancient history, but it's it's the war between Sparta and Athens fighting over Greece. And it was about a bunch of different like alliance structures fighting with each other where like Sparta and Athens were the head of the two alliances. Um, so you play a mercenary in that space so you're not necessarily allied with one or the other you can kind of flip back and forth depending on who you're fighting for and when and which like subdivision of which alliance you know like what island are you on and who are you teaming up with so it looks like there's a lot of choice in there which is fairly interesting um yeah. that being said it's in the same vein as assassin's creed origins they said that they're trying to go full-blown rpg with choices that matter um it has dialogue choices which is a first for the assassin's creed series they said that your ship will be your home base and that your avatar you can either choose the male avatar or the female avatar so it's kind of like what they had done with syndicate and um but it's to a more extent like you have more freedom than that and you know there's conquest battles so like big battles between clashing armies because that's kind of the setting that they put it into there's romance options so they're trying to steal a little bit of bioware's thunder since bioware is really not doing that anymore (laughs) Um, but all of it makes it look like origins was kind of like a half step it was like a half measure and that this might be all the way there for what they're thinking that the future of the assassin's creed series is and i think that makes me like it more like now that i can set my expectations now that i've gotten over the hurdle of like this isn't my assassin's creed i hate it (laughs) you know and like i went back and i hate played that game to the point where oh okay i kind of it's it's okay I think now that I can adjust my mindset, I can probably actually enjoy this game in a way that I wasn't able to with Odyssey. It's still not... It, it, I don't understand how they can make an Assassin's Creed game without making instant assassinations. Like, the whole point... It has Assassin in the name, and they said, yeah, but since it's an RPG and there's levels, we're still not going to guarantee you a stealth kill if you can <sighs> sneak up on someone, unless you are a high enough level compared to them. That part of it is going to bug me forever unless they fix that. But if well, I can get the- over that little bump, um, I think that this game could be good for me and I might enjoy it. And it looks more interesting to me than Egypt, just because Egypt was not a good setting for Assassin's Creed. I'm worried about Greece being the same way with it not being nearly tall enough for you to jump around on like you want. Well, and- I don't know. It's it's islands and it's uh, structures built on top of islands. I mean, I think that it's it's not just flat desert. So right. it, okay. it should be better. I hope it's better. Um, and it's out on October 5th. So it's out this year, which is cool. That's great, too. I didn't realize that it was out this year. I thought it was yeah. the next year one. Uh, the PC conference had tons and tons of announcements, but I didn't think a lot of them were super interesting. I wanted to highlight a couple. So Satisfactory, 
looks like a first person version of factorio which is really cool like yeah i I don't think it's the same developer it was kind of unclear but that game looks interesting to me so i will definitely be checking that out um there's a game called sable which was like uh, an open world exploration game so there's no combat in it which is actually really Hmm. appealing and that's one that's really cool a lot of these i can just talk about and you guys can get a feel for it from like description or because you know the name I would actually recommend looking at a video of Sable because it has a graphic style that I literally can't describe. Like, I don't know how to describe the graphics in that game. But when you look at that and you look at the tone they're going for and then they talk about the fact that it's only exploration, it's not combat. Like, it's truly just an open world exploration game. And I love games like that. So, yeah, I see you can't describe that. That Yeah. So I'll be checking Sable out. The other one that I have to highlight is called Maneater. It is an open world shark RPG with a full single player campaign. Sign me up. I want that game. I want to be a shark. I want a shark skill tree. I want to go eat people. I want to eat alligators. I want to be a badass shark, basically. That's what I was about to ask you. I read in the notes that it was a shark RPG, an open world shark RPG. And I didn't know if that meant like you were an oceanographer. You are a shark. You are are a shark. Okay. We are going to be sharks. We are going to play that game. We are. We are playing that together and we're going to eat all sorts of stuff together. Yes. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Um, The Sony conference was last night. Oh, we're catching up. Good. Because we're approaching an hour already. Um, The Last of Us 2 there was too much banjo there was it was it was weird the the structure of the sony press conference was weird this year they had musical interludes there was a guy that came out and played banjo for it felt like forever is probably like three minutes so live banjo it was a live banjo when we were just waiting to watch the first game anyway it was a strange conference but last of us part two um i like the first one i will definitely be trying the second game it looks more brutal than the first one, but also it has that emotional payload at the core. So it's basically like the first game. Um, you have to be in the right headspace for it. But if you yeah. are, it's a fantastic game. But if it, you're not, stay away oh, from that game. They're brilliant. Like the first one is brilliant. And that was a game I'd never realized. I've only ever watched it because I don't like playing those Naughty Dog action games like we've talked about. But I love watching Last of Us. And it's one of those few games that even just watching makes me hold my breath when going for something and get legit scared when something goes on or really affected by it when I'm not even involved it is great and I cannot wait to watch someone play this game yeah yeah I'm I'm excited for that game I mean they announced a bunch of other well some announcements some trailers some teases of games we already knew but stuff like um tetris effect days gone twin mirror there was a beat saber which is coming to playstation vr there's some destiny 2 dlc they can they hit on um, a new game from remedy called control there's a resident evil 2 remake which was kind of like out of nowhere for me um there's more kingdom hearts information in this one and then neo 2 is on the way um and there's a new game from from software so if you're a souls fan there's like a vr game coming from them but None of that was really what they spent time on. They spent time on the four core games. So Last of Us Part Two was one. Um, Ghost of Tsushima was the second one. And again, there was way too much bam- bamboo flute in front of this one. Mm. The musical interludes were really awkward. But it's a game set in Japan. Um, it is beautiful. Like, we are finally hitting the stride of this generation, right, as they're talking about developing the next generation of consoles. But this always kind of happens, you know? The games that you get towards the end can just oh, yeah. be amazing. Like, this game is beautiful like i if you are interested in it at all go watch the trailer of this one too just because like 
it feels like a samurai epic, you know, in a way that I've never seen a game quite like it before. Um, you're a samurai. It's set during the Mongol invasion, and it looks like you're wandering around trying to, I don't know what, it, it, they didn't really say, but you are definitely a samurai, and it definitely has a tone that it's trying to strike, and it strikes it very hard in a it good way. It is one of the prettiest PlayStation 4 games I've seen. It's basically like twice as pretty as Final Fantasy 15, and it, I'm wondering how normal PlayStation fours will be able to play it without being a ps4 pro i i don't know but it looks fantastic so i'm yeah. all in for that game um death stranding was one of the four that they highlighted so this is the next kojima game it looks still like sci-fi and it's norman reedus and it looks like you might be like a delivery guy in this weird future whatever's wrong with the world going on but you will take things from point a to point b i'm guessing <laughs> because almost the entire trailer was him walking from point a to point b um, we don't actually know what this game is yet, so I can't really spend a ton of time on it, except to yep. say that I watched everything they put out there from the show, and it is oddly compelling. Like, hmm. I'm more interested in this game than I've ever been in any of the Metal Gear Solid games or any Kojima game before. Ah, okay. See, I liked the original Metal Gear Solid, and then I never could get into any of the others, so I'll have to see what you think about this one when it comes out. Yeah, we'll we'll end up seeing. Um, I'll definitely keep an eye on it for sure. Uh, Spider-Man was the last pillar game that they mm. showed more of. I mean, I'm still so excited for this one. It looks like they're going for like a Sinister Six style thing based on the, the trailer that they showed during the press conference. But this is still one of my most anticipated games of the year. Actually, it might be my most anticipated game of the year because as we'll talk about in a minute, uh, they delayed Fire Emblem into next year, which I'm sad about. But... I, I really want to get my hands on this game, and I'm really excited for it. <laughs> what do you think after seeing it? Because this is the reason you bought a PS4. Oh, I am so definitely getting it. It's just sad that it comes out at the same time that Dragon Quest is. I'm sure that I will beat Dragon Quest and then buy this one. Okay, cool. Because um, I'm, I'm, it looks amazing that as we were... I was texting Austin about this on my while before we uh, while we were setting up, and I said that I'm really excited for it because it's the Arkham games with with Spider Man, and it still is, and that's going to be awesome. Yes, I am. I'm super excited for that game. Only a couple months away too, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, Nintendo was the last press conference. This was just a few hours ago, really. At this point, um, Xenoblade Chronicles Two DLC got announced. Is that something you're going to pick up? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. Oh. Oh man, this Xenoblade Chronicles uh, DLC that they put in, it's perfect. That it's the kind of DLC that I love because they're going to be telling a complete story. It's a backstory for the characters for some of the characters that were introduced in the game, but it's not taking place in the current timeline. So everything that was going on in the main narrative still took place how it did. Nothing is being retconned and nothing. It's not trying to explain anything away after the end of the game that they're telling a complete separate narrative with, uh, with pieces that they've already set up. And I'm, I'm so happy that every piece of gameplay every bit of it that i saw i'm gonna be that's gonna be a day one release purchase for me cool no i'm glad that you're excited i figured you would be after i saw that um they announced a bunch of other stuff that we're not going to dive super deep into but there's a new octopath traveler demo out on june 14th um I'm hollow Knight really... is out right now which is cool i'm going to download that if not tonight then in the next day or two here because i've been waiting for that game to hit switch um overcooked 2 
got announced and it's out this year <laughs> on August 7th. Fortnite is out on Switch right now. So actually the eShop is probably down as I'm recording this because Fortnite oh, sure. is just going to kill their servers um, <sighs> for people downloading it. And there were lots and lots of ports. They had uh, like a, a montage of indie games that we already knew were coming or new stuff that's announced, yep. but it was just like so rapid fire that I didn't write them all down. Um, the other couple main ones, though, that we wanted to talk about. So we talked about Pokemon Let's Go, the Pikachu and Eevee already. That's out mm-hmm. on November 14th. There's a new Super or there's a new Mario Party on Switch called yes. Super Mario Party, and it looks cool. My kids it are going to eat this one up. And the fact, what what really got me, oh, and I'm going to eat this one up. You say your kids are going to eat this one up. Like, I immediately thought that this is going to be something that me and all of my friends are going to be playing together. That, especially when they were showing that you could take two switches and line them up side by side, lying on a table, and use them like a board game, like board game pieces, um, like board game I don't even know what you call them. The boards for a board game, you use the actual switch itself and manipulate how they are connected to each other. Uh, I am I'm all in on this Mario Party. I'm so excited for this to come out. I'm excited because it's always fun to play those games with my kids. So I'm excited on their behalf because it's also a game that I know they'll probably go back to for like yep. years because they still play the last Mario Party that came out on the Wii U. So they, oh, nice. They love those games. Um the the big thing of the day was Super Smash Brothers Ultimate got officially well it was announced it was teased earlier this year but right. we got a bunch of information about it um the key thing about it is that every fighter that's ever been in a Smash Brothers game will be in this game which is just it's crazy that they did that and I'm so glad they did it feels like they needed to do this at some point to just put everything into the game so it looks like it might be every single fighter ever and every single stage ever in a Smash Brothers game all in this one like they Mm -hmm. put everything into the game and they spent a lot of time talking about like reworking all the fighters and they showed off a couple of new fighters so the inkling that we were hinted at and then ridley from metroid um both of those were shown off the they announced a game troop (laughs) game troop gamecube controller support and amiibo support just like the last game basically and they gave it a release date of december 7th this year so we kind of knew it would be their big game of the show yeah um I'm excited I'm, for this game because I I don't really do fighting games. This is the one, you know, fighting or quote unquote fighting, depending on how you look at it, <laughs> game that I enjoy is Smash Brothers. So to get everything ever from all of them put into one package, like, yes, I'm in for that. It's going to be a great game and I'm never going to play it. I do not like Smash Brothers games. I've tried over and over to like them and I'm glad that other people are really excited about this. I wish that they hadn't spent as much time as they did on the conference because I mean, they got to the point where they were telling you what buttons you had to press for some of this stuff. Like, they went into so much detail on this, I was bored because they went through every single character every single stage all the final like final moves and or whatever they're called smash i don't know final smashes and then they at one point they actually told us what button to press and i was like oh my goodness this is not an e3 announcement because i wanted more of other games that we were expecting like metroid prime 4 or yoshi and we didn't see anything from them yeah and that was the part that i was sad about this is what the smash brothers community eats up like those this was yeah for those oh it's, people. it's a console seller i mean this is marketing they have they're gonna sell so many switches with this game and uh pokemon let's go that it's gonna be absurd how much they're those are gonna sell systems 
like I'm not really a part of the Smash Brothers community, despite kind of loving that game. But like those people who are part of the community, that's what they want. They want to know like what exactly did you change for this one, and tell me everything about it that's different from the last one. Like give me every detail because I need to know. That's those kind of people, and. I'm sure that they love this announcement. You're right. If for even for me, even liking the game, they spent way too long like talking about the intricacies when they probably didn't need to. Um, but it was their big feature of the show. It's what you know they're letting everybody yeah. play. There's tons of information on like Treehouse stream about it already. Um, but I want to cover that one second to last so that we could talk about Fire Emblem last because right. uh, the new Fire Emblem got way more details besides just having a title card. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it got pushed to 2019 spring, which I'm sad about because they said it was going to be out this year. And it was, I think, my most anticipated game of the year. I'd have to re-listen yeah. to our episode, but it was right up there. Um it's called Fire Emblem Three Houses, and it's not top-down anymore. Like, they redid... I mean, yeah. the battle system, I bet, is very close to the same, but the way they've chosen to display the battles is very much for, like, a console instead of a handheld, hand-held. top-down, yeah. abstracted. Like, it's, like, you know, they still have the squares, but you're down in the battlefield. There's a bunch of other characters with you. It's not just a one-on-one fight. It's, like, two groups fighting. Um... Like, I'm in. Like, I want this game so bad. I mean, obviously, I've talked about it a bunch. (laughs) But I saved it for last because I wanted to know, you're interested in this game? You're finally interested in a Fire Emblem? Why? Like, what did you see here that did it for you? Well, I was already looking at getting it. Like, I was already, because of how how much you love these RPGs that uh, or these games, I guess, that, that I wanted to know more about. I wanted to play them. And then I saw this one in motion, and it looked like the the turn-based combat, the, the strategy, the tactical strategy combat was fast-paced. The graphics looked fantastic. They were that kind of cell shaded Xenoblade Chronicles 2, uh, Nino Kuni 2 style of graphics, which I love. And it showed that you were able to run around as your character in the world, as opposed to just having like cutscene snippets and then going into a new battle map, like a lot of strategy RPGs are. And I don't know if the old fire emblem games were like that or not but just seeing all of that together with being able to have some kind of exploration and having it be more of a an engaged tactical battle i guess um i'm i'm more hesitant than anything about the groups fighting because i'm afraid that's going to make it because they did uh uh, fire emblem warriors that i'm hoping it's not going to be just uh, hack and slashy like that but i don't think it can be with it being uh tile strategy but like no just... i don't think it is it didn't look like it to me it looked like a, a strategy game that they just yeah. probably added some new thoughts to new strategy new tactics new something because they showed off a couple of things where like you could change the formation that like your group of characters was in but i still think at the core it's going to be that fire emblem combat yeah and that's what i'm looking forward to i love those games i've I'm, i've been excited for it for this one not like you have but to see what they are putting together for it that because i wanted to know what the switch was going to be for it and it looks great. That just everything about it looked awesome, and I will probably pre-order it whenever whenever it gets a little bit closer. Cool. Yeah, I'm glad that we're both psyched for that one. Anything else in the Nintendo conference? Because I know that was probably the one well, you were I, most excited for that you wanted well, to talk the, about. The Octopath Traveler demo that's coming out. Um, they're they're doing it in two days, so it comes out on Sunday. Um, that's not that's not in two days. That's not Sunday. That's Thursday. This is 
this is Tuesday the 12th. Yeah, Thursday. I, and so that's Thursday. Thursday is when it comes out. I don't know why I thought this was Friday, but it's coming out on, on the 14th, and I'm hoping it's the special demo. I'm hoping that because they have a history with that developing development team of doing the special demo with the Bravely Second, that this is a special demo for Octopath, because one of the things that's kept me from playing through the entire original demo was having to retread that story in the main game. And so I'm hoping that this one connects to the the full game itself that comes out in a month. Because I don't really like playing, you know, nobody likes playing the same parts of RPGs over and over again. So that's what I'm hoping for because I'm it's pretty. I, I like it. I, I want to play the new demo. I just want to get extra free stuff and, and things like that from it too. <laughs> cool. Um, I think that was all the E3 press conferences. We hit all the highlights I want to do. So, I mean, to wrap up, I'm excited for, well the nintendo stuff so super mario party on switch uh fire emblem three houses whenever that actually comes out mm-hmm. the super smash brothers ultimate you know i'm psyched for hitman 2 for fallout 76 anthem elder scrolls blades took me by surprise but i'm there for it uh starfield i'm super excited to see what they do of course elder scrolls 6 whenever it comes out you know the skull and bones and assassin's creed odyssey ubisoft you've got me with those satisfactory I, I don't know a whole lot, but I'm going to try it out. Man Eater, I want to be a shark, and a shark RPG, I, sure, why I not shark man. RPG. Um, yep. Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man is, like, looking fantastic. All of those I'm psyched for. But, I mean, I think one of the interesting things that I'm walking away from, you know, all the press conferences with is that the new gen of consoles is already top of mind with a lot of these people. So I bet a bunch of games that have been announced that don't actually have dates yet or just have like a target area, whatever, probably nothing that we've seen that even has 2019 on it. But a lot of games and a lot of the studios that we know are working on stuff um, are going to be for PS5 or Xbox 2, Xbox 2, yeah. whatever we want to call it. Scarlet, yeah, the, the... I think Crimson, I don't know, whatever they decided to co-name it. Um, Xbox 2 is probably easier. So like that like we're almost there which is weird i mean i i would guess that these new consoles are going to be out 2021 maybe maybe 2020 if they really push it but probably like 2020 is what i was expecting but i I don't know i think 2020 or 2021 so we have a couple years before we get there but i mean they're working on it they're coming so it'll be interesting to see um all of this was just fun. Like, this was my geekery. Like, I watch every press <laughs> conference. I read my entire RSS feed reader, which probably has had a thousand stories in it in the last four days. Like, I love this stuff. Obviously, this is what I geek out on. So, and thank you for indulging me with an E3 episode. This is one of those E3s where I got super excited about it. And maybe it's because that's where my head is right now. Maybe it's just everything else uh, in life right now being so stressful that I, I want to fall in on this. But I was so excited to see just everything that was coming out. Like, there was nothing mind-blowing about it. There was nothing that ca- that they announced this year that was like five years ago when they announced uh, Final Fantasy. Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts 3 for the like the main time when they gave the gameplay of 15 and the trailer and the uh, that first peak of uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 like that was the last time I've really gotten excited about E3 but I totally see why you follow all of the press conferences now where it was just great it's like waking up one morning and seeing Elder Scrolls 6 was announced and going and just watching that trailer and uh, being able to think and talk about it just that kind of thing was 
awesome this year. Uh, seeing people complain that there, it's just going to be Skyrim 2 and that the Bethesda is a sellout. And uh, seeing the internet be the internet was great. And uh, seeing Elder Scrolls Blades finding out from you like this. And like, I didn't know there was going to be a new Mario Party this year. That makes me really excited for, and I did not expect it. Just this E3 made me really happy, and it's weird that like Tales of Vesperia being coming on uh, on the Switch is what makes me the happiest. But it, it's just I think this year it's just those small things like these titles that that we can have fun with, kind of like Hitman Two for you is like yeah, and Man Eater, where it's like I'm not this is not a major game, but it's something that we're going to put a lot of time into and have a great time. And that really feels like what this E3 was, that it wasn't anything that they weren't busting any blocks, but they were, uh, see what I did there. And, but they're, you know, it's more of the same until you get to those really, really, really awesome highlights like Sable and Maneater and Vesperia and Mario Party and just cool stuff like that. And Ghost of Tsushima being so pretty, things like that. Yes, I'm, I'm glad that we did this. So I'm glad that you kind of are starting to see the edges of like why I follow the horse race of E3. It's yeah. just there's something about being there at the same time as everybody else reacting to the same news I find so fun. So I am going to try to do a very light edit of this episode and get it out tonight. So we should probably wrap up. Well, As I have always. one question for oh, you. Oh, go ahead. Okay. What was the one thing that you wanted to be announced this year that you were expecting or hoping for that didn't happen? Because I was hoping for Persona 5 Crimson or something like that on the Switch where they, they would have ported it since there's a PS3 version that I was hoping that they would have been able to get that one like they did Persona 4 Golden. So I didn't know if there was something that you were just hoping for that really hadn't even been discussed by the company before. I think all of mine were like unreasonable. Like it would blow me away if they got announced, but I didn't actually expect it. So like if they had come out, probably these are the two that I didn't actually think they were going to happen. But if they came out, I would have been so happy about it and excited. Um, Persona 6, because... right. Now that they have a new engine developed for PS4, they can turn those games around faster. A lot of the time that went into it before was like engine creation and moving to next-gen consoles. Now that that's done, they could hypothetically turn around the next Persona game a lot faster. So if Persona 6 had been announced, it would have blown me away. The other one that would have done the same thing is if they had turned around a new Zelda game in a year. The same way that they had turned around so fast from Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask. If they did something like that with Breath of the Wild into the next one, I would have been so psyched for it. But again, I didn't think either of those were going to happen. Yeah, and I was kind of hoping for the Mother 3 translation for like what would be Earthbound 2, that there was a rumor that, there's always a rumor that it's going to be announced for Switch uh, at every E3, but it's not been in English yet. And so people were talking about maybe this year, and uh, that didn't happen. So No, eh. that rumor is always out there, though. But it's always um, there, But I, and I always hope for it because I want to play it. So. Yeah, maybe someday. Maybe you'll just have to get that ROM and fan translate it. Or yeah. translate it yourself since you're learning Japanese. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, well, you guys can write to us with comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And we're on Slack, too, like we mentioned earlier. So go to slack.geek2geekcast.com for an invite. And remember, like we said before as well, we're also part of a podcast network, and all of the shows can be found at geek2geekcast.com. I blog at agreenmushroom.com, and you can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter as at Professor Beige. 
We've been Void and Beach with your Geek Tea Podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Three E's, people. There are three E's. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek.